I'm your host, Fraser Bailey, and welcome to the VegUp Podcast, where we talk mindset, psychology, plant-based nutrition, lifestyle, and big dreams. So if you want to get your head in the game, level up, and become the best version of you, listen in. Let's go. How to advocate for something that you love. Guys, today I wanted to talk all about if you are passionate about something, if there is something that you value, if there is something that you want to share with the world, how do you advocate for that? How do you share that in a way that gets people on board, that inspires people to take action? And so today, for example, I'm going to share my experience, my journey, my perspective on sharing veganism. And so even if you aren't vegan yet, listen into this because this pertains to anything that you value. And usually it's going to be revolving around maybe like an entrepreneurial dream that you have of of freedom or maybe like your job or something that you're passionate about. And I want to share this with you because I feel like a lot of vegans have good intentions. And this is where the general public get misconstrued, is that a lot of vegans have good intentions, but they're not good communicators. And because of that, there's this breakdown in communication where they feel frustrated that the person they're trying to communicate with is not hearing them. So basically, they then default to to anger or default to sarcasm or default to attacks and this is not just vegans you can see this with any type of person when they struggle to communicate and or they don't feel like they're competent around a certain subject when they are trying to share it they result to suboptimal methods in terms of sharing the thing that they even love and all it does is it backfires and makes people around them close off even more and so I want to talk to you about that because at the end of the day guys people don't realize this we're all entrepreneurs in a sense that we are selling something and people are like well I don't I'm not a salesman I'm not selling anything that's why people have such an aversion to multi-level marketing they're like oh sales yeah you're selling your image, you're selling your identity, you're selling a set of values and beliefs based on how you carry carry yourself, based on how you present yourself, based on what you say on social media, based on how you look, people are going to interpret that one way or the other. So you're always selling an idea, a concept, a belief, whether you think you are or not. So that's the first thing. Now, When it comes to veganism and plant-based diets, one of the most potent tools is storytelling. And it's funny because a lot of people will say, well, I don't have a crazy story like you, Fraser. You used to be a butcher. And that's correct. Like, I used to be a butcher. I saw animals being dismembered while they were still alive. And that's a true thing. And you can you can read about that in the book Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Foer, for example. So the book Eating Animals talks about slaughterhouse workers' testimonials regarding animals being dismembered, fully conscious. And I saw that during my apprenticeship. And I thought to myself, like, this is 
insane what we are doing. Like this big mechanistic, like killing machine that is behind closed doors with no windows. There's a reason why we take our children to strawberry and blueberry farms um, for school functions and not like to go visit a slaughterhouse because it's horrific and it's horrible. And that stuck with me. And I share that part of the journey in a way that I'm like, hey, I was at that end of the spectrum. I was, and and my wife Lauren, she will attest to this, I was a heavy meat eater and, and dairy eater, like eggs, dairy, meat, like a lot of animal-based products. It wasn't just like, oh, I was already having like these vegan tendencies and I just kind of like fell into it. No, I was at the other end of the spectrum. I was a heavy meat eater and I was a butcher and I was fully into just like bodybuilding. And I still love bodybuilding now, but for different reasons. And so I share where I came from. And I, what I do is I rather than telling people that they are wrong or that what they're doing is is somehow bad, I insinuate those feelings through my own storytelling about my own experience. So rather than saying what you're doing is wrong or what you're doing is selfish or what you're doing is not healthy for you or the planet or it's, you know, you're not thinking about anything else. And whether that, that's the case or not is, is, I'm not talking about that here, but I say, this is how I felt. These are the observations that I had about myself. Now, if you vibe with that or you resonate with that, contemplate my message and give it a shot. And if you don't, hey, it is what it is. Because one of the things that I have come to recognize is that I can have the most articulate message, I can convey it in the most potent way, and I can show people tangible positive changes, and some people are just still closed off. We even have family members like that. They've seen us evolve through our vegan journey. They've seen, like, we don't take any medications whatsoever, and they're on a cocktail of prescription drugs. They're always sick. They're out of shape. They're not happy with their life, but they still won't adopt better eating habits and lifestyle habits. And I have come to get to a point where accept the fact that people will jump when they are ready. And it's like, you most people can barely change themselves on a good day. The chances of you really forcing someone else to change is like nil. And so... That's where the frustration happens for most people. Is that they're like, oh, like, why won't these people change? And it's like, how hard is it for you to even change yourself sometimes? Like, you probably have poor you know, eating habits that you deem to be poor in certain areas. How hard is that for you to even adopt? You know, even if you're vegan, you might be like eating too much junk food. And how hard is that for you to even get off the couch and work out consistently? So. When you look at that and you think to yourself, okay, like I am, I'm still trying to master myself. The chances of me influencing the mastery of someone else and actually forcing them to master themselves is like nil. You have to lead through very often through example. And this is where there's two parts to this. I've seen very good communicators who don't necessarily have a good aesthetic goal physique for example so like a really good example of this is a guy called earthling ed so earthling ed is really articulate he's very good at debating and he's just very calm and poised and the guy just looks like your nor average person like he doesn't i don't even think he works out um he's just yeah i mean he looks like honestly like people call him like the vegan jesus he's got like a beard and long hair (laughs) 
it's just an amazing guy though. And one of the things I want to say is that I think it's important for all movements to have a range of people who look different ways. Because if you have everyone who's just like jacked and into fitness, then anyone who's not jacked and into fitness is going to struggle to like resonate with that person straight away. They're going to be like, well, that person's so far away from where I am. I just, I I don't feel like I'm inspired to like take action. Whereas if you see someone who's lost like a bunch of weight on a, on a vegan diet, or, you know, you see someone who like, it looks more of like a reflection of you. That's what can inspire someone to action. So I recognize that, that there's a lot of I guess contradiction to what I often say and I and I actually embrace contradiction. I don't think there's ever like a necessarily a right or wrong way to share something. And what I'm trying to say here is that for me personally, me using fitness, me using health, me using how I appear is like a Trojan horse method where I want people to change for deeper values than just like superficial aesthetic looks. Like a lot of people, for example, who are like, I just want to like get in shape on a plant-based diet. I'm like, look, that's great. And I can help you do that because that's exactly what we do. Like that we specialize in that and I can help you do that easily. But if you're only doing it for those reasons, you're probably going to fail because you're just going to look at it as a diet and you're going to look at it as something with a finish line and if you go under if you get under stress and pressure you will default back to your old identity easily. And so I said like you need to start attaching deeper drivers and so for me I share how I look as as a as a strategy <clears throat> to say look like I'm not impaired like by any 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 way shape or form <clears throat> on a vegan diet and in fact I would argue that for myself and many 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 other people that we've guided and I've seen that it's a truly optimal way to live and completely sustainable and actually really amazing and one of the biggest things when you're talking to someone regarding anything that you want to share is you have to figure out where they're at in their own head and you have to try and meet them where they are and bridge that gap for example a lot of ethical vegans will get really angry and irate with people who just want to eat a plant-based diet for, for health reasons, but they're not interested in the ethical or environmental aspects of things. So there's two things here. One, people who are ethical vegans and they see people wanting to adopt a plant-based diet, but they're not really interested in the ethical and environmental reasons, think that they're selfish because they just want to do it for like their own reasons and they're not thinking about like the planet or other sentient beings or anything else. And I, and I understand that, but I also recognize that a huge part of that is just cultural conditioning um, around what we see as food animals and they just don't even realize how desensitized they are to that and it takes often time for them to, to feel that and bridge that gap. On the other end of the spectrum you have people who do a whole food plant-based diet for health reasons and when I say whole food plant-based diet I mean like no processed vegan junk food so they're eating legumes, nuts, seeds, tempeh, uh, you know, uh, rice grains, whole grains, fibrous vegetables and fruits basically. And that's pretty much how we eat predominantly. With a little bit of vegan junk food here and there but not a lot anymore. And what they will argue is that 
people who are vegan are not healthy. They'll basically go down the health route of saying, you know, every any time a vegan alternative comes out, they start to bash on it, saying that it's not healthy. This is junk food. This is worse than the animal-based alternatives. And really, they're just trying to like they they don't understand that a lot of these products are alternatives for people to make changes, whether it's ethical or environmental, or there might be some certain health benefits regarding things in terms of IGF-1 or certain hormones that are found in meat, dairy, or eggs, for example, or whatever. And they and people, it's like miscommunication. It's like on one end of the spectrum, they don't understand the motivations of the people on the other end and vice versa. What I'm here to tell you is that you need to almost be like a chameleon to some degree early on and understand what is someone's primary driver where are they at what type of language are they speaking what is their radio frequency because if you can bridge that gap you can then lead them through that maze of challenges so they can learn all the other things that motivated you to change remember what motivated you sometimes does not motivate someone else and so for example for myself and Lauren like our primary motivation for Lauren it was like this sort of spiritual awakening. For me, it was like this sort of ethical alignment where I recognized that I was talking about, you know, good vibes and peace and wanting to have a, you know, treat, treating others like the way I would want to be treated. But then I recognized that I was not doing that to other sentient beings who had the capacity to think and feel and love and have family connections and bonds and that... For example, like dogs and cats are seen as pet animals in Western society, yet pigs are used as a food animal, but pigs are more intelligent than dogs. And we would see a dog being kicked on the street and we would want to intervene and that person could be arrested for that. But at the same time, we're brutally slaughtering pigs, very often conscious, behind closed doors, and we're not even seeing the inhumanity around that because it's what we've been conditioned to think as normal. And we don't see that. And so, and again... We look at like Chinese cultures who eat dogs at the Yule and Dog Festival and we think that's horrific. But then we're doing like big barbecues with beef ribs and veal and all these different and lamb chops and all these different things where it's, ve- it's, 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 ve- it's one and the same. But we can't see it because we're like in the matrix. And so a huge part of this, and again, this is, comes back to my story. I often tell people that my awakening was a lot like me feeling like I woke up out of the matrix because a lot of people have seen the matrix and they can understand the metaphors behind the concept of that awakening in different areas of their life, whether it's like breaking free of alcohol or breaking free of drugs or they transformed a certain area of their life and they feel like they had this awakening, like they were Neo waking up out of the matrix and finally seeing the world for what it really was. And in many ways, veganism is like that. So I share that story because I feel like analogies and stories are really, really powerful. And another thing that I think is important is, to, like I was saying, you've got to figure out where people are at. So I, I test it and I figure out, okay, like what is this person's primary driver? Is it, is it health? Is it ethics? Is it environment? And then because I'm well-versed in all these subjects, I then go down the avenue and I have a discussion with them about that thing. That's where you need to master your craft. If you are not mastering your craft, that's when the anger and the frustration or um, you will not convert people in, in their head to believing in you and the validity of your story. So for example, if you are vegan but you're really unhealthy and someone is interested in a plant-based diet for health reasons, you're going to have a hard time 
reaching them because they're going to look at you and they're not going to see the type of person that they want to become in you. Now, I'm not here saying that, hey, you're, you're a failure for that. But what I'm saying is you need to improve your health. And a lot of vegan, like there are, there's, a, there's an overweight vegan community who it's almost like body acceptance by saying, hey, we need, we need overweight vegans to bridge the gap. But what I'm saying is, dude, that's not healthy for you. Like you being an overweight, obese, unhealthy vegan, yeah, sure, that helps obese, unhealthy, non-vegans like resonate with you, but that's not healthy for you. And I would encourage you that if you want to live a long life where you can share the vegan message for an extended period of time, you need to work on your health. And I think that, yes, you can still have a powerful message as someone who's not necessarily the healthiest but vegan, but you can have a more powerful message if you turn that into a transformation and a testimony to the, not only the power of the ethics and the environmental aspects, but the health aspects too. Why not choose all of them rather than just picking one or two? That's my whole thing. Because the more well-versed you can become across the board, you will have a better chance of reaching a diverse range of people. And it's the same with people who are whole food plants-based. They might struggle to resonate with someone who has an ethical motivation because they they haven't taken the time to learn about the ethics. They haven't read the books. They haven't watched the documentaries. They haven't listened to the different TED Talks. Dr. Melanie Joy, for example, she talks a lot about this concept around carnism. And so carnism is an ideology, just like people label veganism. But what is the antithesis to veganism? There's no name for it because it's the majority, but she calls it carnism, where it's this belief system around... Carnism is essentially uh, around being a carnivore, around eating meat. It's this ideology, this identity around eating animals as part of our cultural norms. Really, really interesting stuff. And so for people who are interested in psychology, for example, I'll say check out Dr. Melanie Joy's work. It's really interesting. And sometimes it shines light on the splinters in someone's mind where they're like, damn, like she's making some really good observations here. And I can see these cognitive dissonances in myself. You need to have a good energy about when you're sharing stuff. If you come to the table and you have all the tools and you're like in shape and you you have read all the books and you have all the, the, the comebacks, but you're an asshole and you have a condescending tone in your voice, you are not going to meet most people where they are to bridge the gap. Now, I will say there is a time and place for like inflamed discussion any minority who is trying to change the status quo did so by disrupting the norm. And that's where a lot of people get annoyed. They're like, well, I've seen vegans protesting, this and that. They, they should put their placards away. And while I personally wouldn't do that myself, I'm not going to sit there and say, hey, that's wrong. I'm going to say, look at any minority in the past, whether it was like civil rights movements, you know, gender equality. They didn't do it just by peaceful protest. Yeah, sure, they're not going to go out and harm people. But they got on the streets and they had placards and they had megaphones and they were voicing their opinion because that disruption got onto the media and yes i'm not i definitely don't think it has to be peaceful it has to be non-combative but you don't just have to be submissive either because you look at any change in history it was never just welcomed by the majority now 
you do need to be articulate with how you approach things. If you come at people with an asshole attitude, they're going to mirror that asshole attitude back to you. And that's where most people break down because they're not good communicators. They haven't worked on their sales skills and their communication. So when they verbalize something, they just sound like a jackass. And the person's like, dude, you're a dick. And then you're like, no, you're a dick. And it's like back and forth. And I see this all the time on social media where mindless twits are just arguing with each other about like minutia and they think it's actually important but it's minutia because what happens is it takes your 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 capacity away to actually help people or who are open to change and so again you need to start sharing your message from a perspective of that's like what's going to inspire someone to change what's going to provoke positive impetus in their mind that will move them to action today you need to have those conversations and you need to not shy away from having these conversations. I know a lot of people, for example, who who love what they do, but they're just shy people and they never share anything with the world. Like you have gifts. You're probably doing many things better than a majority of people, but you're like holding it close to your chest because you're fear of judgment and all these other things. You got to get over that. You have to get over that stuff. I'll tell you now that most people no matter what niche you're in, no matter what world you're in, for me personally, veganism is something I love. It changed my life. I would encourage all of you to, to do it because um, you will thrive in it if you get help from us regarding the diet stuff. The rest will be easy. And I encourage everyone to learn sales, like read sales books, read marketing books, read the art of selling and storytelling because storytelling and selling is going to be everything when it comes to you sharing your message. The primary reason why you might feel like you're not effective with sharing something that you love, whether it's like a religion, a political view, uh, anything, is because you suck at selling and you suck at storytelling. And you, you just you have not refined those skills yet. That is where you begin, my friend. You need to become more articulate with your message. You need to learn more about it. You need to bridge the gap. You need to bring the type of good vibes and energy to people that they want to feel. If they can feel that from you, they will want more of that in their life. There's an abundance of negativity and Debbie Downerism in the world. And if you can provide people with hope and high energy, they will magnetize to you. It starts with you, my friend. It starts with you. So be that person today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Veg Up podcast and don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes go live. Please leave us a review and share this on social media. Tag me. Let me know what helped you. Let me know what you want to hear more of. Let's get this information out to the world. Help me do that. And be sure to email us over at fraser at evolvingalpha.com for coaching options and mentorship. Because if you want growth, it begins here, my friend.